0: we are tonight's entertainment you can't handle the truth the fire rises oh, pizza time you're a wizard harry So to be you. you know how much i sacrificed. you think that's air you're breathing in? groovy i don't have friends i got family we are sex before craft services
1: hey trent
2: hi parth hello you're looking well
1: It's good to see you. We have a Um, podcast. It's been a while since I've seen you.
2: Saw you last night and the day before, but other than that, you're right. Yeah. With my own two eyes. You know, at the end of uh, the Star Wars Return of the Jedi, where Vader's like, I want to see you with my real eyes. That was me seeing you last night in my Mm. living room. Okay, you hate Star Wars. Too bad it's the first movie we covered on this show, so way to be loyal to your roots. Force Awakens, best one. Oh, our Force Awakens episode was our best episode. I was joking that it... Oh, I yeah, I thought you were going to say that it was the best Star... I was joking that it's the best Star Wars movie. That it is not, but also it is not our best episode. No, that distinct honor goes to Rise of Skywalker. We haven't... We, didn't we almost cover that?
1: Yeah, and then we got... Or at least I got in a moral quandary about whether it was okay to ask someone... To interview someone for a movie that we were going to dogpile on. <laughs> But um, who knows, guys? We're running out of interviews quick. and um, maybe There are we'll only so to... many
2: movies on planet Earth that me and Parth could possibly like. Mm. So eventually, Parth and I will just saddle up and go see Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Oh,
1: and... awesome. Uh, <laughs> just wondering, uh, just a question. Um, what have you been eating most recently?
2: Yep, hi. Um, I had... Uh, we were watching Eyes Wide Shut. I mean, as an extension of Cruz Palooza, and we were just t- telling you off. Oh, technically on mic and on recording, but I would imagine would be edited out. Talking about Eyes Wide Shut, talking about Tom Cruise, talking about how, how he's a good actor, talking about Mission Impossible. <sighs> Exciting times. Um, parts that I, he has to be there for when, for Fallout and Ghost Protocol, right? Am I getting?
1: Yeah, but but now that I'm thinking only, about only it, only you kind moments. of need me. You kind of need me there every, for every every
2: step of. Really, I thought two was the worst one.
1: No two two is most fun with a crowd,
2: and I want Philip Seymour Hoffman as the bad guy in the third one. I think he is. Yeah, yes, he's I, good I, in it.
1: He's he's doing like a proto Heath Ledger as the Joker in that.
2: I listened to a few of the the Eye of the Ducks, so I know I know some of that. But I, I, listening to movie podcasts about movies that I haven't seen yet is my toxic trait. Ha. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, I had blueberry waffles, syrup, butter, and then some coffee with a bunch of creamer, and then, uh, a clementine. What about you?
1: It's not Valentine's Day, but on Valentine's Day, Sophie and I were not able to meet.
2: Is the love not in the air anymore? Oh, I well, know, it still is. We have a few more episodes of the Love-tastic a Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: We're gonna have to conjure up some love, you know? Um, oh,
2: it's 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 dwindling, it's it's feign- It's fading.
1: I wouldn't comment on such matters, but...
2: Cool. I'm sure you'll settle it during the When Harry Met Sally discussion.
1: Friend of the show, Sophia, Alexis baked me brownies. Mm. Um, And so I had a little... I I haven't had... I hadn't had anything to eat other than a banana. A proper meal. Yeah. And so I had a little brownie before recording, and it was good.
2: Was it made with love?
1: Made with... Mm. Made with a lot of effort, you know?
2: And and the mix in the grocery store, and yeah. an egg, and, and a quarter cup of water. Two eggs.
1: How many eggs, Sophia? How many eggs
2: were in the brownie mix? Two eggs. As someone who made supreme walnut brownies last night, that shit only call for one egg. But we can just agree to disagree. Your brownies were probably w- double as eggy as mine.
1: I actually think we should battle this out. But you know the length of time we should battle this
2: out over? Uh, over the course of the intro or the intro music and then by the time the intro music is done we'll have concluded that and moved on to a new subject entirely like introducing the episode
1: it's funny you say that because i'm just about to cue the intro Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about the movies. Each week we talk about a film, and hopefully have a crew member of that film to talk with us about their experience working on the picture this week.
2: What are we continuing? Part two with assistant director Aaron Barsky. What a cool guy, right? Nice, informative, sniffly time. Well, I'm sniff, you know, you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Aaron Barsky, super cool guy. And this this episode, he gets into some more fun stuff. Last episode was more how he got in uh, to the industry. More nuts bit and of, nuts and bolts. Yeah, a little bit of when Harry met Sally talk, but um, he really gets into it in this episode.
2: The, the meat and potatoes.
1: The meat and potatoes. Yeah, um,
2: of the combo.
1: Yeah, uh, so if you haven't listened to last week's episode, you should go check that out. Yep. But if It'll you're here make, now...
2: Yeah, maybe m- stick around, but yeah. maybe the, fir- if the first part would make this, I don't know, a few percentage points more enjoyable. But if not, part I'm sure Part did a great job of editing it, and it's a really natural segue into the conversation. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have anything else to add. Do you? Um... No. Uh he, you can find Parth and I after the interview. We'll we'll say our goodbyes and we'll talk about what's coming next week.
1: All right. Uh enjoy the interview. I also wanted to bring up another diner scene um, where the sort of kind of become a famous scene where like Sally proves that um, Harry's not able to tell uh, if a woman is faking. And I was kind of become a.
0: One of my favorite, favorite days ever on set. They made let me make my own. They let me make my own pastrami sandwich over lunch. I mean, I've been going there my whole life. My father used to take me there when I was a kid on Saturdays when I would work with him. So going to Katz's was like you know shooting in Katz's was like heavy. It was great. Pastrami, pastrami, <laughs> which I don't, I don't eat anymore. And I don't know who does. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> used to be great. Yeah.
2: Um, I if I don't know if you were involved with this because I envisioned this is something that maybe was just a smaller crew. But uh, all of the interviews with the couples, with the older actor couples, were you involved with that at all?
0: uh the the first time we did it yes and the second time no the the first time we did it we did it before production and um rob wasn't really too happy with what we had so he kind kind of redid it restaged it with other people
1: i i heard that he got like interviews from real like they were real interviews and then he got actors to sort of say the lines better than the real people is that is there truth to that
0: Yeah, I guess that's probably what happened. Something like that happened. All I know is he wasn't really happy with what we originally had.
1: Mm, Okay. Um, And then the sort of last, like, specific scene is sort of the big, iconic, I guess, uh, New Year's Eve ending party sequence. Was that difficult? Because there just seems like there's so many extras there, um, and, like, it's a huge-looking location.
0: Yeah, we shot it for a few days. And the extras are great. You know, New York extras are great because they're they're show people. You know, they're like off Broadway or on Broadway, and they're coarse and they're this that. You know, so they're people who really know how to act. They're just not people who you know. Sometimes in L.A., you get people who aren't actors at all. They're just people who know how to walk from point A to B, and and that's it. But the, in New York, you kind of get some talented people. So we got talented people, and I have to say, when they sang "Old Lang Syne," which we did two takes of. Um, back to back it was kind of really wonderful. I, I I think we had about 150 extras I'm not really sure. I can't remember but it was really beautiful having all those people with some Broadway voices there too singing old Lang Syne. It was really sort of moving. And nice fun.
2: Uh, I think we're gonna move on to ask about some different movies you worked on Parth. Is that okay with you? okay.
1: Sure. Yeah, uh, and the go
2: first ahead. one I want to ask about, which is from like a similar period, is that you, um, Pretty Woman, you're uncredited on. And we were. Yeah,
0: I, I only did second unit and everybody will say, oh, what second unit did they do on Pretty Woman? And we did a kind of a follow up unit. We, we cleaned up a couple of scenes. Um, we shot some stuff in and around the fire escape in the last scene and a bunch of inserts we shot stuff in beverly hills i was on it for about a month um just shooting various pickup shots basically that we were getting here there and the other place all over town it, that that was it it was nothing it, it, and
2: is it uncredited because you were second unit
0: i don't know it was uncredited because my good friend the production manager who's been a friend all my life didn't put my name in it so i i, I don't know all I know is I became uncredited in it. it. It just wasn't that big a deal. You know, it was sort of like a, I guess it's, it was a little bit more than an insert unit. I mean, we were running around, we, we shot the Exxon Valdez. We did a couple of helicopter shots, uh, establishing shots. We did, I, I mean, the funny story would be because it was way back then. I was trying to, I had a, a radio that I was talking to the, the helicopter to, and I was going through the canyons. And all of a sudden, the radio didn't work. So I had an old phone, you know, one of the phones that are like you know two feet big and ten pounds. And I'm calling the helicopter and talking to the helicopter on this phone while I'm driving around in my helicopter, driving up the, the canyons, looking up at the helicopter and what it's doing, and trying to, you know, direct it through this, that, and the other thing. It was kind of a little bit of a thing, but uh, yeah, that that was sort of like um, it was nice to have been there. You know, Julia Roberts was nice to meet and. Ellen Schwartz was great to meet and Gary was really a great guy and he would sit us down and tell us the shots that he wanted, how he wanted them, and we would all figure out how to get them. And uh, But there, there was stuff, there was like three and a half, four weeks of shooting stuff. And in those days, it wasn't even called Pretty Woman, it was called 3000.
2: Um,
1: you were also second unit on, more recently, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Um, I don't know. To what extent you were working on that, but um, if you could speak on that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I, I did um, all the, I don't know about all, but a lot, <laughs> um, two weeks worth of visual effect shots, um, basically in total green rooms that were fun. So we, we did some shots with the telephone booth, you know, flying around and disappearing. Um, we did some shots uh, with people dancing against the green screen and we put them into different places. Um, I think there, there was a scene with Babe Ruth that we shot. We, we shot a bunch of stuff, but it was all, it was all visual effects. You know, it was pretty, I mean, vi- doing visual effects, you know, is pretty, I, w- I won't say easy, but it's kind of fun. The pressure is not quite what it is doing first unit because first unit, you know, you have to coordinate, you know, the actors and sound and makeup and hair and, wardrobe and all these things and when you're doing something like visual effects it's it's just not i mean it can be but on that it just wasn't that big a deal to get people on set as it you know that's the main difference between first and second unit i suppose is working with the actors and all the things that come with the actors
1: i also wanted to ask you about a movie bandits um with barry levinson um and what he was like to work with he was great director. I find interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he was great. Again, that was second unit for me. And, uh, we did some great stunts, um, that were a lot of fun and a lot of helicopters. Uh, I I don't know how well you know the movie, but, but there was a scene where a, a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a a money car. What do you call those cars? Um, an armored car, an armored car, an armored car, uh, slides falls over and people get out and they put them on fire and all that that was something we did that was a lot of fun with we had like so many cameras running around and and i won't go into exactly what happened but we had to reshoot the whole thing because something happened to one of the cameras excuse me something happened to one of the cameras in those days it was filmed something happened i'm not sure what it was well i am i just don't want to say and um so we had to reshoot this giant scene, you know, putting an armored car on its side, which, you know, we had to build a rail for it. So it would go off balance and slide over and set the people on fire again, and the whole nine yards. And the first time we did it, we had two helicopters in the air with cameras. The second time we only did it with one, but we had a couple cameras on cranes. There were like seven or eight cameras around. So it's, you know, it's a lot to coordinate. It's a lot of fun, but it's, you know, it's uh, getting a lot done uh in a short amount of time because and, but you have all those cameras running around so you do get a lot of shots
2: um i i have a question i guess sort of just springing off of that concept of cameras failing and you know you read like legends of famous movies and they're like you know they had uh you know this many cameras running and this many failed and they captured it from this angle and as someone who like worked in film for so many years were cameras just like regularly failing and crapping out on you or like something going wrong with, you know, the film or just like essentially missing it like all the time. Or is that, or, or just a matter oh, no, of that, that
0: was a real, that, that was a sometimes thing. Hmm. You know, you, you could go through a whole shoot and there might be one shot that you lost because of something, because the, 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 the lens wasn't set right or something in the, in the camera or the film, uh, there was a scratch you know especially in those days you know a scratch or a hair or something like that would happen every once in a while but you know you would always check the gate so you'd always know i guess 99 percent of the time probably less than that 97 percent of the time you would know before it hit the lab so you could reshoot it while you had everything there and now with digital um stuff still goes on where you maybe have it maybe don't i mean you know um Sometimes things get corrupted in the camera now, you know, sort of like any computer situation. So something things sometimes happen, but it's really few and far between. But I can't say it doesn't happen at all either.
1: The last movie I personally wanted to ask about, uh, we mentioned it just before, but you were a PA on Blowout. And that's a movie I saw like a month ago uh, for the first time. And yeah. I really, really liked it. And I'm a fan of Brand De Palma. So yeah, well, I was
0: Palm is pretty cool pretty some pretty good movies right (laughs) Uh,
1: did did you uh like have any interaction with him
0: um you mean like like bring him coffee um yeah
1: any anything like that
0: you know in in the days that I was a PA you were really happy if the director and the first AD didn't even notice you (laughs) yeah Mm. you know you you just went on your happy way like okay I'm gonna go lock up that thing over there And, and it was always nice to be close to the set because you wanted to be close to the set to see what was going on but you know, I, I did a bunch of Woody Allens too, and it was the same sort of thing. It was like, okay, guys, you're working hard. You know, there's Gordy Willis, blah blah blah. But I'm over here, and I'm just going to lock that up. And and that that's what I did. And that was my attitude. When I, I I was very happy if I could come in in the morning and maybe the first AD would ask me for to get him some coffee, maybe, right? And I would do that. But it was pretty much staying ducked down and just you know, I was a crowd control guy, so. And, and I did every, I did all sorts of things. Sometimes you would help out the art department, you know, you would do all sorts of things, but that was my main thing. So did I, I saw Brian De Palma. I was actually introduced to him for a nanosecond, but that was about it.
2: Yes. in what little PA work I've done, I've, someone told me that the secret is to look as busy as possible while, uh, while simultaneously doing as little as possible at
0: times. I, I, I always, well, no, you always got to be doing something. I mean, you, if there's something to be done, you better be going and do it. Um, but myself, as a, as a first these days, I, I just tell my PAs, which is what I was told when I started, was know where the broom is. Mm. So you can always look busy.
2: If you have time to lean, yeah. you have time to clean is is, is, a, is yes, a restaurant phrase. Um uh, part. Oh, I I have my. Uh, I think I have one wild card question before the big Kahuna final question. Is that fair, Parth?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was I was hoping you would ask it.
2: My wild card question is about. Uh, you've talked about a lot of New York movies, and this one quite literally, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, you worked on, and that's just always a movie that has interested me. And I was wondering what uh shooting, you know, a very murdery situation like in the streets of new york was like
0: well anytime you shoot any kind of violence it's always a bit of a deal as a i guess rust will attest to um you know you got to be careful and you got to have it wired pretty tight and that was a pretty wild show i mean we did you know th- but the scenes that like would stand out to me were like when we were when Jason is swimming into Manhattan and we have statue, he pops up and the Statue of Liberty is behind him. And we were out there at night with like nine light boats in the middle of New York Bay. And we were on a barge with a, but with a, with a crane and doing, you know, that was pretty nuts and intense. Um, another one we did, that was another shot we did. We were on 46th street and Broadway and New York was in a drought at the time so but we wanted to wet it down so i had we had like these two water trucks and i had to really figure out you know how many runs we could get to wet the amount of street that we needed to wet down and keep it wet to keep the continuity and plus i had i think i had 35 or 40 pas locking things up all over the place we were on a crane looking at all sorts of stuff that was a pretty big shoot it was, it was a lot of fun, but we did a lot of big stuff in New York. It was, uh, you know, and then running around with Jason is always a trip because everybody, you know, wants to see Jason, you know, throw, in, throw an egg at him or something like that. You know, so it was pretty interesting.
2: Part, do you think it's time for the Big Kahuna final question?
1: I, I think it's time. Um, yep. Do you mind if I take no, it ahead? Yeah,
2: that, this is all you. I'm stepping back.
1: Uh, so the Big Kahuna final question is an- – Brace yourself. Is just um what's the last great movie you watched? It can be a rewatch or a first time viewing, but just it has to be great.
2: Not good.
0: You mean great, like Oscar great or oh, great? Uh, great, <laughs> I mean According great. Whatever, opinion, whatever
1: great means yeah. to you. Yeah, wow. I mean, I would say like Spider Man, and uh, that'd be great to me. But you know, whatever's great to you.
0: I just saw this little, well, I've been streaming lately a lot of stuff. I mean, which I, I'd rather go to the movies. I, I, I went to see uh, The Way of Water, which mm. I was totally impressed with. And I know John that we were PA, PAs together, um, you know, who produced it. And he, he's a good guy and all that sort of stuff. I, I like the first one a lot better. Um, I'm at a point now where I'm kind of looking for movies that aren't just violent. And that was a little violent for me these days. Um, but I, I what they did was like phenomenal and unbelievable and who knows how they did half the things they did. You know, I mean friends say, Hey, how did they do this and that? You're in the business, you must know. Well, you know, they invented a lot of things to how to do those yeah. things. It was sort of like a Terminator two situation. You know, how did they do this and that? Well, they they figured it out how to do it once they got the, the problem put in front of them. And, you know, that's how a lot of things get worked out in, in the business. You know, you get a script, you got to figure out how to shoot it. When you're figuring out how to shoot it, you might find, figure out a whole technique of making that, those kind of shots. So I think that's what happened there. So, but I, I just streamed this little, what the hell was the name of it? Molly something or other. It was this little Australian Western. And I think, I mean, there were probably 10 people in the whole uh, cast um but it was beautifully shot and it was uh, what i liked about it most was the direction um, and the story was very subtle like there were things that the act that the ca- the characters did with and to each other I- in reactions even that pay off in the last 5 10 minutes of the movie And I just thought it was really so well thought out and I really loved it. But like everybody these days, you know, you you stream so much and you watch so many things like who knows what the name is of anything.
1: Is it, is it the (laughs) legend of Molly something Johnson Yeah, or the the drover's wife?
0: Yeah. 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 I
1: just, I just searched it up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you. You must be a millennial or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: Trent, do you want to close us out?
2: Yes, thank you so much to uh, our guest, First AD Aaron Barksey. Uh, he's worked on such films as Bill and Ted Face Music, Pretty Woman, uh, Rob Reiner's When, and went and Rob Reiner's When Harry Met Sally. Thank you so much for coming.
0: Okay, cool. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
1: What a great interview, not huh, Trent.
2: Yep. G- Goodbye. G- yep. Thanks Good to interview. Aaron Barsky. Thank you, Aaron Barsky, for taking again. the
1: time to talk with us.
2: Yep. Now, he is the reason that the now we can talk openly about the fact that his logistical reasoning is the reason that there's the batting cage scene. Yes,
1: although that I think is in last week's episode.
2: Oh, well, I, last week I tried to talk about it, and then you were like, I don't know which episode this is in, and so I'm just covering my bases. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, you're good. Uh bases. Baseball.
2: Uh, baseball. Um, <clears throat> um, yeah, but, you know, there's practical decisions changing the course of movie history.
1: But, yeah, thank you so much, Aaron Barsky, for taking the time. Thank you to the listeners for listening to the episodes. And if you liked Aaron Barsky,
2: you're guys. gonna love what we have coming next.
1: Yeah. Um, we've got next week, Trent, you're, you're a part of this podcast. And so you're probably on the episode next week. No,
2: you would think, uh, this is one of the few special times where Trent won't be a part of the backseat, takes the backseat. He'll still be editing the episode as Parth and I discussed over a few beverageinos last night. Um, But uh, Parth and Sophia, his uh, female compadre, will be doing most of the talking.
1: Yeah. Sophia Alexis, my female compadre, will be. From the uh, Gone uh, Girl episode. Of the Gone Girl episode. Give it two out of 10. Go listen to it to find out why. We will be talking about when Harry met Sally and maybe our personal connections to the movie. Will it be the most romantic craft services episode? Or will it be what finally causes the end?
2: And you could go listen to the Ten Things I Hate About You discussion with um other other competing hosts Trent and competing uh, significant other drun sick foods from the Nope discussion episode to see if perhaps that is more your your preference in terms of romance at this time mm. of year. Uh yeah, but um so you can think tweet you can tweet hashtag Trent's relationship is better or hashtag parth's relationship is stronger. Mm, it's like
1: Twilight, like Team Jacob, Team Edward, but it's Team Parth and Sophia or Team Trent and Jordan.
2: Yep. People <sighs> should people should start getting their t shirts on Redbubble now. People are gonna be upset.
1: So Sophia thinks it's obvious who'd win. But she well, didn't say who. She did not say who. Anyways, um, Enjoy this. I'm glad. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Enjoy next week's episode. You should. You should continue. No, Parth's
2: really gonna enjoy it, isn't he? Huh? Yeah. Parth, so much security. If Parth plays
1: his cards right, he'll enjoy it next week's episode. You know.
2: Oh golly. Um. The subtext. And then,
1: uh, subtext. I did not intend. Anyways, um, yeah. Go
2: uh what do we what what do they do? Oh good yeah, that's a good question. What do they do? Um what you should listen the to audience, the audience, sh- I mean. Yeah. No, I know. Uh you, the audience, should continue listening to the show. Um, listen to different episodes, interviews, discussions, tell your friends, it really does help. Then you should follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And also just while we're here, we're available wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And if you decide to go into those platforms, you should rate us five out of five stars. Or and write a review. Should mention that. So earlier. remember
1: to like, comment, and subscribe. Yep. 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 Um. Do it you know. Now. Now. Wow. That is do a it. voice.
2: Yep. Sorry. Sad. No. 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 You said you you would edit me farting into the end of the episode. So if I can't do an Emperor Palpatine voice, and then this whole fucking charade is in vain. Yeah. What
1: What have we been doing this for? You know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, we've got some exciting stuff we'd like to do. I'd say planned, but we don't have the interviews for them yet. But I'd Um, say
2: we've been less prepared in the past. Yeah, yeah. And and we usually pull something, pull something out. Yeah,
1: definitely. And I also think that splitting our interviews into two-parters has been a massive, massive relief.
2: Let's just split the, let's just split the, our next interview into like 40 parts and yeah, each just,
1: question is its own episode.
2: And we'll just buy ourselves a lot of runway. It'd be like yeah. when I was a kid, I thought they should sell like Call of Duty, but they should make it like real life where like after you're, you get shot and killed within the game, like it doesn't work anymore and you need <laughs> to go and you need to go back to GameStop and buy a new game. Wow. And Do you like think that, that would work? I thought that you could make the game like a dollar. And then mm. you know it would be like the the wait, wait I, the, the, that's not the worst idea. It would be a lot of fucking trips to GameStop. Yeah, but I mean now now you can just buy it online. You no, know? I guess so. We should buy stock in GameStop to the moon.
1: Enjoy next week's episode, guys. Um,
2: yeah, enjoy. Uh, yep. Uh, bye, guys. Goodbye.
1: Oh, thank you.